Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Pass on WSIC. I am Randy Miller, Tom Baker, sitting over in the Sillman seat, and uh, our our third wheel, uh, Nick DeGroote, will join us in uh, just a little bit to talk all things NASCAR and uh, everything that's going on. We've we've reached uh, the sixth of eight races that uh, we are scheduled to run in the first 11 days. Um, they have all been very fantastic races, and we'll talk all about to most of them, or at least to kind of summarize what we've seen so far from the four races at Darlington and the two at Charlotte. We have more action coming up tonight as the Gander Outdoor Truck Series returns to action after 95 days um, in the garage area. They are back in action tonight, so we'll break that race down for you as well. And the Cup Series returns to action tomorrow night, although uh, with the weather forecast uh, for tomorrow, I think that race is going to be on Thursday. So um, <laughs> yeah. I'm no meteorologist, but yeah, it's been an 80% chance of rain tomorrow, so I don't know if that's going to well, it's there's a chance of rain tonight, too. There is. I think it's like 20 or 25% chance, so they so, might get the truck race in. Yeah. Um, but it, they've been plagued by rain the entire time they've been in Charlotte, so it's whatever. I mean, at this point, I'll take a little bit of a rain it's delay crazy. over no race at all. So, um, But what we can tell you, last night, if you did not catch the Xfinity Series race last night, you missed a fantastic race um, from start to finish. I mean, the race was absolutely incredible. Kyle Busch ended up winning the race. But I think, Tom, if, if he had uh, about another lap and a half or so, I don't. I think Daniel Hemrick probably would have won that race because he was coming on quick. Well, he was, um, but of course we'll never know. <laughs> we'll, yes, we will never know. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, and, and again, there were so many stories in that race. Kyle winning is not really a story per se. You, right. you just sort of expect it's it. It's like repeat. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other stories in that race. Daniel Hemrick winding up second. Um, you know, gosh, you had, uh, you, you had Justin Allgaier make a, a, a huge comeback after an early race mistake. Um, so many of kind of the mid-pack teams having good runs last night. Um, Dylan Bassett, 13th place for his team. He's a local um, here to the greater Winston-Salem area. Um, you know, you, you just so many good stories in that race. And, and a few that were heartbreak stories too, right? Tommy Joe Martins, for oh, one, man. first top 10 finish ever was in the works for him. And he was running solid and got tripped up when Noah Gregson lost control and uh, took out a couple of cars. And um, just, uh, you know, again, nothing it, nothing Noah could do. The car just got away from him. But, mm-hmm. um, man, the, the race was so full of stories throughout, you know, yep. comers, goers. And as you said, it was a great race from start to finish, I thought, and, and really showed the Xfinity series very well. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, you know, talk about uh, Tommy Joe Martins. I know he, he had posted on social media, you know, after the, the race about how dejected he was and, you know, how he thinks that, you know, maybe a top 10 is never going to happen for him because those guys with, lo- with the lower funded teams or the lower, uh, I guess, tier teams in the series, it's it's devastating for those guys because you, you have to think about the fact that you know of course we haven't been racing for the last two months so these guys in the lower funded teams haven't been getting paid uh, and they rely on those payments and those paychecks from nascar in order to keep their teams going so when you have a team like his that is struggling for sponsorship and struggling for you know yeah. to make ends meet and then to go out and, and literally destroy a race car 
um, in you know ten seconds is is devastating for that team from from a financial standpoint much more so than from a you know mentality standpoint or from the standpoint of oh I had a top ten finish that I was about yeah. to get and it had it taken away from me by you know Noah Gregson which you know I mean Noah's a great driver and mistakes happen you know, we all get that um, but you know his team is you know probably already has another car ready to go whereas Tommy Joe's team. You know that that one car may take several weeks, months to to fix and sure. get ready for another race. Yep. So, absolutely, know, that's the main thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, as we said, top to bottom, it was a great race. Uh, you know, Kyle Busch did win. I one of the things I saw in the race too is a lot of competitiveness from guys like Ross Chastain and, and Austin Cindric, which you know, I mean, they're they're guys that are always competitive, anyways. But anytime Kyle's in the field, you automatically assume that Kyle's going to win the race for sure. Um, and, and there were times when you know, obviously Kyle was dominant, but there were other times where he wasn't so dominant, and he had to run his way up through the field. But he had he had passed both of those guys at some points in the race, and they ended up passing him back. So they were, I think. This race last night was much more competitive with Kyle in the field than some of the other races we've seen where Kyle just goes out and, you know, wins a pole or whatever and just dominates from start to finish. Uh, this race much more competitive. And, and some of those guys, I, I'm starting to see where guys are not not willing to lay down for Kyle Busch. Not that they do anyway, but, you know, it, it's a much more aggressive situation now where they're like, okay, you know, this is getting old now. We're going to start showing you that we are just as competitive, you know, with better equipment or... Uh, equal equipment than what he has. Well, I, I think more more of the equipment is starting to become better. Right. Is really the deal. I mean, I, and I also think that some of that, if you really look at the way the race played out, um, Kyle had some issues with some of the guys on restarts, right? I mean, you know, um, Chastain had good restarts. Uh, you know, it, it, it was, uh, I thought it was a very interesting Cindric had good restarts. I was very interesting on the initial restarts. It wasn't so easy for Kyle to just drive around right. everybody, but right. once he got around them, he was able to open mm-hmm. up a little bit of an advantage. And it was clear that his experience, even on that last lap pass, right. that was racecraft. Yeah. He basically just smoked Austin Cindric <laughs> on experience. He got, he just, he, he you know, he used the side draft the way that a veteran would Mm -hmm. and Austin gave him just enough room to get underneath, to be able to be in that position to do that. You know, if Austin hadn't gone, you know, 20 miles an hour too fast into that corner, Kyle Bush doesn't get to the bottom and maybe we have a different outcome, but that's Kyle's craft. You know, you know, he's back there, you know, he's going to do something and he, and he worries you to death. And so, you know, that's where, I think the the difference lies right now when Kyle gets in an Xfinity car, gets into a truck, he's racing against a lot of drivers, the majority of whom have far less experience than he does. And of course, he also has equal or best equipment in in in, right. So it's kind of the Mark Martin Win Dixie sort of thing you know, the experience wins. And that's what I think we saw last night is Kyle's experience and his skill set, his craft won um, because he snookered Austin Sendrick into doing what he did. And then he took sure. advantage of it. And you can't hate Kyle for that. No, nope. You know, nope. that was, uh, and, and I got to tell you that that app state car was one of the sharpest looking race cars. Oh yeah. 
for sure. I've seen on any track in a long time. That was a badass him. car. I'm not used to seeing him in the 54 car, though. It confuses me sometimes. Uh, yeah. We are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll have Nick DeGroote from Motorsport.com with us to uh, break down the rest of the racing action from Charlotte and Darlington. And we'll be back with more of the Inside Pass right after this. When you get in your car this afternoon, tune to News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, and get the latest breaking news and weather for your commute. Did you know that Vesuvius Italian Restaurant and Pizzeria caters? That's right. Give them a call today at 704-924-7464, 704-924-7464, and let them make planning your next event or family gathering effortlessly. They're right at the Lowe Shopping Center, 118 Ventura Lane, Statesville. You won't find a better Italian restaurant anywhere. That's Vesuvio's Italian Restaurant and Pizzeria, 118 Ventura Lane, Statesville. 4WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Koser. Overnight, that low will drop down to about 63 under cloudy skies. Tomorrow, more clouds, more rain. 90% chance for showers and storms. Some of those showers will be heavy, a high of 72. Thursday, cloudy, a 60% chance for rain and a high of 82. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. From Black Automotive, here's Rick Tron. In these uncertain times, there is one thing that will never change. If you are searching for a great car buying experience, you can find it at Black Automotive Group on Salisbury Road in Statesville. The manufacturers are resuming production, and we must begin now to make room for the new arrivals. Right now, there are terrific deals on new 2020 and 2019 Buick and GMC models. You can qualify for 0% interest for up to 84 months on most Buicks and GMCs. Test drive the all-new Encore GX with several to choose from and discounts up to $2,500. At Black Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can save thousands with Employee Pricing Plus on most Compass, Cherokee, Grand Cherokee, and Wrangler models. Take advantage of 120 days until your first payment with Chrysler Capital. We have over 150 pre-owned vehicles to choose from with low bank rate financing as low as 2.99%. Now's the time to practice your social distancing in a new car truck for the Greater Car Trader, Black Automotive Group, Salisbury Road, Statesville. For all your automotive needs, visit Black Automotive, Statesville. Hey, I'm looking for some lumber. Well, what kind do you need? Well, we've got TNG, shiplap, rough sawn, dressed, edge and center bead, seeing better, hardwood, composite, and LVL. Hmm? Gosh, I didn't realize there was so much to choose from. Well, at Little Shavers, we know wood. No need to visit the big box stores. Little Shavers Wood Shop is located just seven miles east off I-77 in Statesville. This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Kannapolis turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Hello, race fans. This is Chris Wright. Thanks for listening to these guys. Man, what some great radio hosts. You're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker here with you, talking everything NASCAR-related. There are other series uh, out there in the motorsports world, just in case you think, why are you guys always talking about NASCAR? Because it's the only thing going right now. Um, IndyCar will start next week at Texas, so we'll uh, have a preview of the IndyCar series season uh, next week here on the program. Right now, we are going to go to the strutmasters.com hotline and uh, talk to our good buddy... Uh, Tom, now that he has a, a budding IndyCar iRacing career, it's very hard and difficult <laughs> to get him to uh, yeah, come on our show now. Yeah, he doubled his fee. So he doubled his fee. He doubled his fee. 
And uh, so Nick DeGroote joins us from, from zero to twice zero. Good morning, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> Good morning, guys. How are you? Ready for the Tuesday night racing? Well, yeah, we, we were, we were so. ready for Monday night racing, too. That was a fantastic race last night. What did you, you think about last night's Xfinity race? Um, I loved it, but one thing I kept thinking about during it was the uh, aero package during the cup race and how the cup race would have looked if it had a package more similar to the Xfinity series. That's true. That's very true. Those cars look really kind of like all over the place. It, last night, which is, yeah, what, it, which is what makes the truck series in, in competitive too, which is, makes it exciting for the race tonight too. But we were having more green flag tests for the lead on restarts in that race than we did in the first 300 miles of the Cup race. Maybe, maybe you should go show them how it's done. I mean, you have a budding iRacing racing career now in the IndyCar series. <laughs> so maybe you should go and show them how restarts yeah. are done. It, it just made me wish the the cars drove uh, before this package. You know, like now the race was uh, amazing like that, but. It was just cool to be able to see them on the edge, wheeling the things the way they were. Kyle Busch and Ross side-drafting each other, that racing towards the end of the race, people sideways out of control, barely hanging on to it. I, I just missed that in the 600. Yeah, it's those composite bodies. I, I think NASCAR, the cup cars, they had those composite bodies. I think that's what would make a huge difference with how yeah. the cars handled and stuff. I don't know. That's interesting. I, I think it, it maybe that's some of it. Uh, um, I think it's a combination, really, with of the... I think it's the arrow package in general. I mean, if you look at the difference between the Xfinity package and the cup package, and again, I don't know how much the composite bodies play into that. That might be a great point, but I do agree with Nick's, um, with, with Nick's point, though, that uh, the racing was way better last night than it was on Sunday night. And, you know, you never expect the racing in the 600 to be great all the way through. It's, right. it's an endurance test. That's what the 600 has always been. And... Now the cars are so good and they're so durable and they're so, you know, they don't break, they don't spin easily. So you, you kind of get into a mode in a race like the 600 where everybody just starts running laps off and yeah. it just seems like, you know, I know they're running hard, but the racing aspect isn't there. And even at the end of the 600, there wasn't a ton of racing per se. I mean, you know, Brad won, and there wasn't really much doubt about the outcome coming to the, the 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 flag. You know, last night, totally different story, Nick. It was just a great race, and and a race that I think, um, again, the the Xfinity series needed a race like that. I feel bad for some of the guys that got caught up in the incidents, but uh, for the most part, I thought the action was great all night. And you're right, Chastain and Kyle Busch put on a great show. And Austin Sindrick as well. Um, both of those those guys deserve a ton of credit for how hard they race, Kyle. They made him earn that race for sure. And, and you want to know how you know it's a good Xfinity race? Kyle Busch won, and I did not hear that many people complaining on Twitter. Well, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think everybody's just waiting for him to get to 100 to see if he actually retires at that point from Xfinity competition. <laughs> Just let him win the next three or four, and let's see, yeah. you know. I think he said, what, 97 after last Yeah, night, I think it was 97. Like so I think he's got three more. Three more. Yep. Yeah. I think one of the things that, you know, and Nick, what you were talking about, too, with these, these cars, this race being so exciting, is a lot of the NASCAR guys I hear talking about how easy the NASCAR Cup cars are to drive. Like, you know, they just get in there, and just, they just kind of just, you know, floor it, basically, and just kind of keep it straight, and it, it pretty much drives itself. And I think that's what a lot of fans are wanting 
the 2022 card to to mimic is is a much more difficult car to drive where it's more it's more about your expertise and you know your ability to drive a race car no matter how it handles as opposed to the cars we have now which are just pretty much anybody can get in and run fast and, and you know be competitive in those cars yeah i think the next generation car will help it I, I did not like when the news came out that it's being pushed another year to 2022 but we understand with these extraordinary circumstances why they had to do that but yeah i do think that's going to help a bit with the racing and uh i look forward to bringing it into the sport because this the the way the package is now it's it's pretty rough on the mile and a half races yeah yeah that's that's for sure so uh, obviously you know nascar is is doing all of this with the protocols and the safety ideas and stuff that have been mandated by all the states that the nascar is going to I know that North Carolina had a bunch of the health officials at the track on Sunday to kind of oversee how things went. Apparently, they were all very impressed with how NASCAR is handling the protocols for for guys coming in and out of the racetrack. But obviously, the thing that's missing the most is the fans. And, you know, we all want fans back in the stands as much as anybody because as much as it doesn't really convey on TV, I mean, being there in person and seeing the race is a much much different spectacle um, in and of itself, and having the fans there, especially for victory lane celebrations and stuff, makes things a whole lot better. I feel like the booze would have been a whole lot worse had the fans been there last night when Kyle won his race. Um, but at the same time, if you were in charge of of you know having the protocols to put fans back in the stands, how do you think NASCAR NASCAR should go about putting fans back in the stands? I I feel like it's safe enough with a, with a, a different maybe a little bit different tweaking of the safety protocols. But I feel like we were at a place in NASCAR where we could at least bring you know, 30% capacity into the stands, maybe something like that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't have all the info at my disposal that NASCAR does, but I don't think it's, uh, they're ready to do that. I think they need to wait. I think they need to continue to just do what they're doing. Get, keep this good press going because imagine they bring in some fans and suddenly a bunch of people come down with it. Even if it wasn't NASCAR's fault, suddenly NASCAR's getting all the blame. I think they need to wait. They need to follow the lead of what's going on around them. When other other things like concerts and events like that start coming back open and they seem to have no problem, I think then NASCAR should follow their lead and start slowly allowing fans back that way. But I don't think you want to be – it was good to be the first sport back. I don't think you want to be the first one – bringing in big gatherings like that. That's true. You, I don't think you want to be the guinea pig there. Exactly. That, that is true. See, I don't I... – I, I have mixed emotions on that. I, I, I think I think you ha I, I think you have to base your situation on where you are, literally. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I really believe that everything I'm hearing tells me anyway that on the fourth of July at Indy, they want fans. Right. Mm -hmm. Um and Indy is a big enough venue. You could bring in forty thousand fans, which would be a great turnout for a NASCAR race, and it may be more than that because we're doing the double header with IndyCar. Mm -hmm. So you could bring in eighty thousand and still space them out to the point where you know you're safely social distancing. Um, I th I think it's going to be venue driven for a little while. So I'm not mm -hmm. disagreeing with Nick's larger point. I guess I'm just saying that I I'm not so bullish or or bearish, I guess, on the idea that we're the first ones to bring a crowd back um, because I think the key is if you, if you can find a way to do it reasonably, then you should have no fear of bringing a crowd back. But 
I also think, I mean, there are areas of the country, the Northeast, for example, they're all blue states, and those states are simply not going to open as quickly as, as the other states. It's just that simple. Um, and so th- they're going to have a harder time. I mean, I think, for example, um, in New York, Watkins Glen will race, but I don't think they're going to be allowed to have fans. I, I could be wrong. By August, maybe you know, right. Cuomo will be, but I doubt it. Um, so I think this is more about government still and municipalities. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think it's more mm-hmm. about that than it is the safety of actually bringing fans back because we're not seeing in areas where you brought, you've had gatherings or whatever. You're not seeing these massive outbreaks that everybody is trying to tell you is going to happen. It's just not happening. So I don't know that it's, it's as much about that as it is just figuring out the way to do it responsibly but I, I do think it's going to be kind of awkward because, like I said, it appears as though Indy really wants fans. And I think the governor is trying to sort of make that happen on the mm-hmm. 4th of July. So unless you sort of see this, this, hey, it's 4th of July and look at us. We're all allowing, you know, gatherings right. again as some sort of see how we did it. We, you know, <laughs> we, 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 we flattened the curve enough and now we can all go back to unless you see that from municipalities. I think you're going to have, we can have fans here, not here or not there kind of thing. I don't know how you really deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just well, glad mean, I'm not the yeah. one doing it. NASCAR is the only sport that's on, that's on right now. I mean, I know yeah. the PGA Tour came back this past weekend. Uh, NBA is getting ready to start their season and baseball as well. But I, I think when all the other sports start back, then each sport is going to be competing to find out which sport is going to be the first one to allow fans back. Because they want to be the first one to do it because I feel like they think that if they allow fans in the stands, it'll be much more of an open area for, for fans to be, oh, you know, I, I like NASCAR more now because I got to go to my NASCAR race when <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go to, you know what I mean? So, but at the same time, like Nick said, you, you can't be too, you know, giddy to, to be the first one because what happens if that does happen, you know, and you do get those outbreaks and, you know, they go, oh, well, yeah, you, you raced, you know, eight, nine races in a row with no problem. And as soon as you allow fans back in the stands, now you have these COVID-19 outbreaks again. So you don't want the negativity that comes with it, but at the same time, you want to be the first one because you're the first one to do it. Um, and I think that's what made NASCAR so much into the spotlight the last you know week and a half is because we were the only thing going. And we've put on, you know, to, to my opinion, some pretty spectacular races. You know, the four races we yeah. had at Darlington and the first two at Charlotte, um, I think were fantastic races. So the ratings seem to prove that you know some NASCAR fans are you know some of the iRacing crowd maybe have transitioned back into actually watching the races to see a difference um although i know that this the the sunday race a lot of people said they didn't really like it but i think it's because as tom said it's an endurance race yeah so people a lot of people don't like the 4 hour long races Five hours if you count the hour-long rain delay. I was say. Uh, so I, I think that's I think what you'll see tomorrow night with the the shorter cup race will be a, an indicative of what's actually going to end up being the case for for people because if the Wednesday night race has better ratings than the 600 does, and I think you need to see okay maybe we should shorten some of these cup races up a little bit and make them more yep. much more of a sprint type race, much more than an endurance race. I, am I right about that, Nick? Oh yeah. Uh- I very much enjoyed seeing the Darlington race. That was, uh, what was it, 500 the 500K, yeah, the miles. 256 yeah, yeah. lap race or whatever. And the, the other race, the 400 mile, was fine as well. It just it felt nice to have that extra 100 miles flipped up. I know there was also rain threatening, but just the intensity of the race felt higher. It just seemed like a better package overall to have a race shorter like that. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. We are going to take a quick break. We'll talk about the 600 when we come back, and we'll do Fantasy NASCAR before Nick has to leave us. So we'll talk about that, too, when we come back right after this on the Inside Pass WSIC. This is News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Troutman turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Covering Statesville and the region, WSIC News is next. You've turned in to hear local news and so have a lot of other people. Your business could be advertising right here. Find out how affordable it can be. Call 704-872-6345, 704-872-6345. Hey, radio family, it's Margaret Beveridge from the WSIC News Desk. The city of Thomasville decided to cancel its annual parade for Memorial Day and large ceremony due to the gathering restrictions from the coronavirus. Instead, the Thomasville Memorial Day Committee decided to host a small ceremony at Veterans Point to honor the men and women of the armed forces who never made it home. The ceremony featured speakers, performance of taps, and the national anthem, and a wreath laying. A prominent feature of the ceremony was a walkway made up with 232 white flags. Each flag featured the 232 Davidson County residents who died in combat or during a conflict from 1918 to the present. NCDHHS has released its guidelines for high school and youth sports amid the coronavirus pandemic. The guidance covers a number of topics, including the requirement to adhere to mass gathering limits. For more, visit WXII12.com. Thank you for tuning in to WSIC. I'm Margaret Beveridge from the News Desk. Happening now at Randy, Mary, and Ford Lincoln in Statesville. At the new Ford store on 77, we've got all the new Fords and all the new Lincolns you can imagine. Also across the interstate, we've just opened our new pre-owned building for Ford. And we have got a huge selection of pre-owned inventory. Shop that new Ford and Lincoln inventory and that pre-owned inventory all online at randymaryandford.com. Give us a call. We'll bring the car to your home or office. I-77. Exit 49B in Statesville. Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin, the host of the Mental Fitness Matters show on WSIC. If you are a parent out there and your child is struggling with focus and attention in the classroom or at home, we may have a solution for you. At New Mentality, we are able to see what the brain is doing in real time and provide solutions for you and your family without the use of medication. Contact us today at 704-799-1270. Warning, Jesus is coming back soon. Just like before his first coming, popular traditional teaching is actually leading people away from Jesus. The Wisdom Hour is leading people back to God's true word. It will conflict with what you have been taught. We need to stand on a solid foundation of God's true word. God's word is real, trustworthy, and has not been changed. The Wisdom Hour airs Wednesday at 11 a.m. and Saturday at 1 p.m. here on WSIC. Study the word with the Wisdom Hour. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass on WSAC. You got to feel for Chase Elliott, man. That, that that kid is just you know just can't catch a break. I know it's crazy. I mean, that was uh, uh, again, you know, one of those situations where the crew chief had a thought process, and I've seen that happen to many other drivers before. You know, you you're the guy that everybody thinks is going to be the winner, and you know, you take a chance like that. I was a little surprised, honestly, that um, Alan Gustafson tried that 
I thought that, you know, I, I really wasn't sure why he thought that was. But again, you know, he's not the first to be hung out. But after the week, uh, the race before, when you, you know, you, you get spun by Kyle Busch there, it, I mean, that's two races that should have been top three finishes that both turned out not to be. So, I mean, you know, Chase needs to go win a race now. That's basically where <laughs> well, I mean, he's he, at. He, he ended up getting second. He was in, he was yeah. third across the line, but then Jimmy Johnson ended up getting well, disqualified right. because of um, some rear end, uh, I guess, I, I don't know the technical term for it, but something with the rear end of the, of the car, rear end housing or something of the car was not yeah. set right or something. And so he ended up getting disqualified in post-tech. So he ended up finishing in 38th position um, and getting one lonely point, um, which helps in fantasy NASCAR. Thank you, Jacob. Um, and so uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, because of his disqualification, it moved Chase up to second. Uh, so now he has a runner-up finish to go with the, you know, the bad finish from Darlington. But uh, Wednesday is is a whole other night. That so, still feels like a loss to them. Though, oh was, yeah, was well, the I'm point sure. I was making. Having second a, was a great recovery, but having a near guaranteed win with a, a yeah. dominant car, and then you know having it all you know just go away with one pit stop uh, makes it all you know. They just got to go win a race and get you know put that behind them. That is for sure. We'll, we'll talk right. about fantasy NASCAR in a second. I, I wanted to well, while Nick was here, I, I don't know if, if Nick knows about this or not. I don't even know if Tom knows about it or not, but. There was a another incident with the iRacing world over the weekend that saw yes. another driver losing his ride. Um, Daniel Apt, who is a racer in the Formula E series, um, they had a uh, was a race at home challenge over the weekend, and uh, it was a road course that he wasn't familiar with. So he pulled a fast one on the iRacing league and decided to hire a ringer to run in his place during that race and just pose as him. Uh, during the race, well, apparently iRacing found out about it, and now not only is was Daniel suspended originally by Audi, now Audi has fired him completely from the team, so now he doesn't have a ride either uh, for the foreseeable future. I, I I thought it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's it's kind of a you know we've lost way too many drivers this year to iRacing, which is a sad entity in and of itself. But uh, Nick, there's hope for you yet, buddy, because you won the Indy 500. So I mean, if you keep on at the pace you're going, you might be a NASCAR driver before too long. Yeah, and the situation with Daniel Apt, because there's been a lot of conversations about this. Connor Daly's been very outspoken about mm-hmm. it. He thinks it's ridiculous. The way I look at it, it's not so much, oh, you cheated to win. It's the fact that, think of it this way, this was a PR event, essentially. This is, this is all for the teams, for the sport to get out there, for right. the fans. Right. Now, imagine sending an imposter to a PR event to pretend to be you because you don't want to do it or for whatever reason that's not going to go over very well either. And I can understand Audi's position, why that would upset them. And it's also embarrassing for them because this is all over the uh, racing news cycle now. And I can understand where they're coming from when they do this. So I wouldn't look at it as, oh, he cheated to win, therefore you should be punished. I look at it as you deceived your sponsors and your fans, which no matter the situation is a no-no. Right. See, I agree with that. And I know people people have a hard time with the idea that a vi- that a quote-unquote video game or sim or whatever you want to call it should be treated with the same seriousness as an actual event. But the fact is that if you paid money to go hear, you know, Tony Robbins speak or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. the speaker... And Tony sent his twin brother, you know, right, <laughs> Tim, you know, it, I mean, you're, you've been deceived and, and it's, it's no different. The, the, what the event is, doesn't matter. 
he violated the the standards and and the rules set by the event and tried to manipulate the outcome worse yet he he didn't he didn't just let his nephew do it he hired a guy that could win and and tried to take credit for that so i think that's the the key here is that it's still an, an an event it doesn't matter what the event is if it's using a video game or a you know if you sent a fake I mean, there were there were always rumors years ago, for example, that Dale Earnhardt had a double, that he had hired a double, and I actually think I I'm not going to say they're not true, but I swear I saw the guy once at Watkins Glen, and 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 he looked exactly like him, had the mustache, the glasses, and he would hire the double to kind of walk through because it would take people. But but then I thought about it later, and it was like first I'm thinking, well, this is a great idea. You know, because these people won't leave the poor guy alone. Right. But then I thought, well, how many autographs, if this were true, you'd be getting fake autographs. So that made me think that that story was, I don't think Dale would actually do that. Um, I'll you know, have to for look at all my Dale Earnhardt autographs yeah. now to make sure that they're actually true, actual autographs and not. I mean, but it's the same them. kind of thing. It's deception and it's it's not fans go expecting or they tune in or watch expecting something and it doesn't, you know, so. I mean, I don't, I mean, being fired from your ride is, is an extreme thing, but you know, you, you did a bad thing and you, and it's just why people do this stupid stuff. You know, I think, I know. you know, people who say it's ridiculous, well, shouldn't you be saying that to the person who did it? Exactly. You know, right. yeah. hold people accountable for their stupidity. And it's all simple things. It's not, it's nothing complicated. Like right. Kyle Larson just said a word that nobody should say in, right. the, in the history don't of ever. Don't say it. And then, you know, Daniel Lib decided, I don't want to run this race. I'm not very good at it. Let me hire somebody to do it for me and then just pretend <laughs> yeah. to be me. I mean, it's the simplest, it's the simplest things. Nick, please tell me you don't have a, a stunt double somewhere. You Did you really win the Indy 500? It was Al Unser Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was my dog. It was my dog. Dog. Are you Alex Finn. Bowman now? Are you going to get Finn. your dog involved in it was the Finn. situation? It was Finn. Funny stuff. All right, so the 600, of course, was Sunday night. Everybody, uh, it's the one race on the on the calendar year. We've we've come to expect it to be in that place. I feel like. I, we missed out on all of Memorial Day because we didn't have Monaco, we didn't have the Indy 500, and we, all of a sudden it's six o'clock, and we're like, "Oh, the 600's on!" I forgot all about it because you're used to being, yeah, you know, it was having that routine. A different Sunday. So we talked about Jimmy Johnson's disqualification, of course, and then of course Denny Hamlin on the pace laps, losing losing parts and pieces out of his car that saw him. What he was, he started the race what nine laps down or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. He was and way so down. he was never yeah. he was never yeah. able to recover. Now you know, yesterday uh, his crew chief Chris Gabehart, his car chief, um, and a couple other people on the team got suspended for four races um, because of all of the stuff that uh, happened during that. It was a, a piece of uh, was that tungsten. ballast tungsten. Tungsten. Yeah, yeah. Um, two they, pieces yeah. actually. Uh, that, that came out of the race car, which is a. Uh, I'm assuming it's okay to have it. You just have yes. to have it on your car. Yes. Not laying in the middle yeah, of the, the track. The problem was it fell off. <laughs> You didn't have it properly secured. And we don't like obstacle courses on the 600. Yeah, yeah, the car. I forget Almarola or somebody. Somebody yeah, hit Eric it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almarola hit yeah. it. So you, you know, that's why that's a serious problem because tungsten weighs a ton, mm. mm-hmm. and you don't want a, another car hitting it because you take out the other car, or you know, you certainly don't want it somehow flying up in the air because that's I don't know how you'd make it do that. But I'm just making the point. That's why it's serious. It wasn't. Having the tungsten was legal. That's what they use. It was the it was the fact that it fell off on the racetrack. Right. And you know what's interesting is Gabe Hart and Hamlin Nick are so 
tight. Now, we, we both know that there are still plenty of ways to communicate to the driver and back and forth. He can, the driver can't during the race, but the crew chief, it's still going to be Chris Gabar driving the operation. He's just going to be doing it remotely. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's such a disadvantage as it would have been years ago before all the technology that allowed that to ha- allows that to happen so easily. But it's still going to be different for him. And at a time when he was, you know, kind of riding the crest of a wave too. And, you know, now he's had some bad luck and he's without some key people going forward for a bit. So going to be interesting, but the, the, I guess the, um, the solace for him is that he's already in the playoffs, so he doesn't have to worry about it as much. Right. Yeah. So race chaser has its own fantasy NASCAR and we have a feud going. that's almost as rivalry of, of uh, Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott between me and Nick, uh, because <laughs> I, I caught Nick. I actually passed him and then he passed me back. Now Nick has a, has a, oh, actually I have a slim three point lead over, over Nick right now. Um, so, Not if Chase won like he was supposed to. Well, that's true, but he didn't. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, in any event, uh, and I'm six I, laps I've, down. I've threatened to quit. I, I threatened to quit the fantasy game last week because I was leading, and I was like, "No, I don't want Nick to catch me, so I'm just going to bow out now." <laughs> He's going to retire. Um, but see, I, I don't invent coronavirus to stay ahead. I just quit. That's how I do things. I just hit the reset button and turn it off. I, I pull a, a bubble, a bubble wallet, since I, I just quit. Um, but anyway, so we're going to go to Charlotte tomorrow night for the 500K race. Um, I picked uh, Alex Bowman uh, for the 600. He finished 19th, although he led it a little bit. Yep. Um, Elliot, uh, Chase Elliott finished second, which was Nick's pick. Uh, Jacob picked Jimmy, and Jimmy got DQ'd, although he finished second place. Yeah. But he gets one only point, so thank you, Jacob. Um, and then Tom went out on a limb and picked Christopher Bell, and Christopher actually had a top 10 finish. He so was up there Tom for gained a little, a little bit of ground had some problems. Uh, in, in the fantasy standings. And then, of yeah. course, you know, by, by virtue of contractual obligation, uh, our, our producer, uh, Red, has to pick Chris Bell because he works for Levine Family Racing, yeah. so he has to have Chris every week. Uh, so, uh, obviously, uh, Red is pick, Red's pick is Christopher Bell. Um, Jacob picked uh, Martin Truex Jr. on last week's Madness show, so that, that'll be uh, Jacob's pick for tomorrow night. Uh, so, Nick, what say you? Who is your pick for uh, tomorrow night's uh, 500k race. I'm going to double down, chase Elliott again. If you pick Chase enough, eventually you're going to end up, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're going to end up with a win. Those Hendrick cars are strong in the six. They hours. are. That's true. That is very true. So I'm I'm going to stick with my pick of Alex Bowman because I feel like he had a little bit of bad luck, and and I feel like if he hadn't had the bad luck, he would have he would have finished higher in the standing. So I'm going to stick with Alex Bowman because I feel like he's he's got another win coming uh, somewhere in the near future. Uh, Tom, what about you? I'll take Jimmy Johnson. We'll just make it a Hendrick sweep here, Uh, except for Red, who has Chris Bell by default. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because I feel like the Hendrick cars in performance, if you look at them as a group, Mm -hmm. for the most part, are right up there with everybody else and should have won a couple of these races. But you know, they're, they're like this close to being the dominant team in NASCAR right now. Yep. And they just aren't, they aren't finishing the job. So if we can, you know, we can just get them to start finishing the job. I, I, I think both Jimmy Johnson and uh, William Byron are going to get a win here pretty quick. Um, and I, and I believe wholeheartedly chase will get multiple wins before we're done with the season. And I think uh, obviously Bowman already um, has that. So I, I think Alex, you know, again, they're all at this point playoff 
contenders and championship contenders. And I, I'm kind of surprised at this point in the season just how strong they've all been. And I would watch out for Jimmy Johnson because it is his last year. Right. So that guy has more to race for than probably anybody because mm-hmm. he's trying to prove a point. He'd love to go out with an eighth championship. And I'm starting to believe the odds are drastically increasing that he could wind up in that mix yep. going down the stretch right now with the way that that car's running. That is true. Well, Nick, I know you got to run, buddy, but uh, ha- have a great t- have a great week, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, uh, go out there and win another Indy race uh, before too long. Yeah, thank you, guys. Y- your ego needs the help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Have a great day. We will be back with more of the Inside Pass hung up on right you. after this on WSIC. <laughs> This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Lincolnton turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. As we get back to a new normal, please remember that Piedmont Healthcare is open for your everyday healthcare needs. Please call to schedule an appointment today at 833-842-4968. We offer in-office video and telephone appointments for your convenience. Piedmont Healthcare, your trusted source for excellent healthcare. For WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Koser. Overnight, that low will drop down to about 63 under cloudy skies. Tomorrow, more clouds, more rain. 90% chance for showers and storms. Some of those showers will be heavy, a high of 72. Thursday, cloudy, a 60% chance for rain and a high of 82. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. Good morning. This is Margaret Beveridge with your latest news. A man armed with a knife was shot by a Union County Sheriff's deputy after he reportedly interrupted an outdoor church service Sunday by cursing at the congregation. The incident occurred outside the Oak Grove Baptist Church on the 4000 block of Newtown Road near Waxhaw. Christopher Ross from Monroe faces charges of disorderly conduct for interfering with the church service, two counts of assault with a deadly weapon against law enforcement officers, and resist, delay, and obstructing an officer. Contegra Health of Statesville hosted a coronavirus testing drive through on Friday in Signal Hill Mall's parking lot. Healthcare workers waited in front of Contegra's bus to meet people in their cars to administer the tests. For more, visit statesville.com. WSIC is working around the clock to help keep you informed, so visit WSICFM.com as well as our Facebook page and stay tuned right here for more. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com, B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This is Justin Lawson. You're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. 
Welcome back to the Inside Pass on WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker. Uh, Nick DeGroot was on a minute ago, but um, he has to go uh, feed his ego with uh, iRacing, so um, he'll be back uh, in, in a couple of weeks. He's usually on at the end of every month to talk about racing, but the NASCAR's really been the only thing that we've gotten uh, up until this point. IndyCar starts next week, so we'll have a preview of that. Speaking of IndyCar, I know uh, Governor Abbott, uh, who is the Texas Republican governor, yes. uh, on Friday uh, said that he is okay if uh, if motorsports wants to bring fans into the stands on a limited capacity. He's okay with that. He opened it up for that. Um, but uh, Eddie Gossage and the guys at TMS have said, you know, it, it's a little bit too too soon um, you know, for this to be able to, to turn this around and enough time to get fans in the stands for the IndyCar race. So Indy will not have fans in the stands uh, next weekend for the IndyCar race. But um, I'm, I'm with you, Tom. I still think that the, the Indianapolis is going to be where, where it's going to happen. I, I think that's where it's, it's going to kick off. It's July 4th weekend, right? right? It, so I think Sunday technically will be the 5th. But you've got the, the double header there with IndyCar and NASCAR. Mm-hmm. You got Roger Penske, right? So, and again, the governor in Indiana really, I, I think he wants this to happen. Um, there's going to be a race at Lucas Oil Raceway two weeks prior to that, mm-hmm. which is, it's a short track. Used to be Indianapolis My Raceway favorite Park track for those. in the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a great track. <laughs> I love it. Super modifieds, must-see sprint cars, and Midwest compacts. <laughs> all on the schedule for that day, which is, I think it's the 20th, I want to say, um, of June, whatever that Saturday is of that weekend. And they are going to have fans in a limited capacity. So my assumption is if they're going to have fans in a limited capacity, then I think, you know, 4th of July, I think you'll see fans allowed at, at Indianapolis. But again, this is very subjective right now because right. you know it depends where you are the blue states are not going to allow it as quickly as the red states there's that's just how it is um and so you know it's all got to just be race by race but i think july 4th weekend you're going to see a lot of these these areas start to open things up a little bit because i think they i think they see that the the people are just getting a little frustrated here and a little tired and the tone is changing and and you know when when that happens that you know leaders behave differently so you know i think i think you'll see it in indy again i don't know where else because it's just going to be situational depending on where the location mm-hmm. is and you know what's going on in that area right so as we mentioned the truck series gets back uh, going tonight uh, 95 days since they've had a race the last race they had i believe was vegas uh, in early february yeah um, typically their off season is about 91 days. So they've already surpassed their <laughs> typical off season. Um, but I know they're all uh, ready to go. The last couple of weeks we've had, uh, we've had Ben Rhodes on the show and then, uh, we've had Christian. Eckes He's on, on the, the pole. Show. He's on the pole tonight. So yeah. <laughs> so, uh, pole. see what happens when you come on our show. You can, you win the <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we, uh, Ben will start on the pole for, uh, tonight's North Carolina education lottery, 200 truck race. Uh, Tyler Ankrum is going to start in the P2 position followed by, uh, uh, Tyler Gray. Then uh, Matt Crafton, Austin Tanner Hill, Gray. Tanner Gray. Sorry, yeah. um, Austin. So somebody, Jayski is uh, made a typo. Um, Christian Eckes, Ty Majeski, Johnny Sutter, Grant Enfinger, and Stuart Friesen are the top ten. So uh, that'll be the top ten starters. And by the way, the bounty is up for grabs tonight in the race. Yes, but it's different now. Yes. Kevin Harvick has decided that instead of the fifty thousand that he had put up to the first full-time cup driver who can beat Kyle Busch on the track in a truck race. Mm-hmm. 
he has decided that 50000 will go to a COVID relief fund of that driver's choice Correct. if they succeed. Correct. Um, for some reason, that was hard for me to get out. Um, Chase Elliott. It makes sense in theory. Is... But. I think uh, is yeah, it Chase? Ch- Chase starts 26th. Uh, Brandon Pool's in the Brandon race. He Poole. starts 32nd. Yep. And, and John Hunter Nemechek yep. is 38th. And then John Hunter, so. yeah. So there are three drivers um, of which I I think Chase would be the one to me that would have the best shot if there is to be one Although of Brennan those Poole, three cup drivers. Brennan Poole finished second to he Kyle did. last year yes, in this did. very race. That's true. So. Yeah, so it's it, but I just. You know, I feel like if somebody's going to beat Kyle, and I doubt it, but if somebody's going to beat Kyle, it's going to be a one of the other Kyle Busch trucks, or it's going to be someone like a Tyler Ankrum or, you know, one of the Thor Sport Ben Rhodes or, or somebody. Uh, I don't think you can just drop into a truck race and on a one-race deal, and I understand Chase is driving for GMS, um, but it's hard to just drop in and go beat Kyle Busch. You know, it's be, because, you know, you don't have the laps in the truck to, to go and But who knows? It'll be interesting. I just don't see it happening here at Charlotte anyway. How about a full circle if, if, if it was Chase Elliott that ended up getting the win over Kyle Busch after all of the things that they've been through? <laughs> that would be great. Over the it? last, you know, week or yeah. so. It'd be a great, uh, great idea. Uh, so uh, Steve Phelps was on uh, a couple of the uh, making his way around, you know, the radio and television interview uh, segments over the weekend talking about you know, how great it was and NASCAR was able to get this all done. And, yep. you know, they've, they've been able to, to do these last six races with no problems whatsoever. Nobody's had COVID or no outbreaks or anything like that. Uh, I mentioned the Health and Human Services Department was at the 600 on Sunday and they loved everything that NASCAR was doing to, to make everything, you know, uh, make all the protocols right and everything. And somebody asked him about fans in the stands and he said, you know, the very near future, yep. we all seem like Indy is going to be the place that, that that's going to happen at. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then uh, another interesting article uh, that, that came out over the weekend, uh, Revolt, well, actually came out yesterday, um, was about Brad Keselowski's win uh, in the 600. Because uh, a lot of people are pointing, I guess, fingers at, at him because he hasn't, he hasn't re-signed with Penske yet. And somebody pointed to the fact that when uh, Simon Pagano won the Indy 500 last year, the very next day he he re-signed his contract with Penske um, because Penske, you know, wanted him in a multi-year deal after winning the Indy 500. Uh, Brad has won at least one race in the ever since he's been with Penske. Um, he now is the most recent Penske winner. Um, but when they asked him uh, last night about his, or I guess Monday, Sunday night after his win about his contract status, he said it wasn't entirely up to him that there were other things that had to be worked out or whatever. So people are pointing to the fact that he's kind of dodging those direct questions about whether or not he's going to be with Penske for the foreseeable future. A lot of people still think that he will be in the 48 car in 2021. Well, I will say this. Right now, it's not even June, okay? We got a long rest of the year. Brad's right. It's not up to him. Ultimately, even if he said, I want to be back, Penske's got to want him back. The sponsors have to be, you know, able to, there's a lot in play here. Um, If you were to ask me now, what do I think will be Brad Keselowski's future? I would tell you, I think there's a pretty good chance you see him in the 48 car. Now, with that being said, I think his first option would probably be 
to stay where he is. Um, I'm not buying into the whole that people are trying to start this feud between him and Joey Logano, and I think that's dumb. Right. Um, Joey won't feud with anybody, not, and, not in person. And, anyway. Right, and if there's any truth to any of that, then Brad needs to leave. If he's, you know, if, if it's a situation where for whatever reason he and his teammates aren't getting along, he's going to go because he would be the cancer at that point. And, and I'm not saying that he, you know, maybe there's reasons. That, so I'm not making him that. I'm simply saying if you're unhappy, you've got to go do something different. But I think signs are pointing because here's what I believe about the 48 car. The 48 car is not going to be filled by someone who isn't able to come in and run well, basically from the start. So the, the way this is trending, I think either he, I think either Mr. H pulls Ross Chastain. If there's, if there's no opportunity at Ganassi, um, I can't see Ross waiting down in Xfinity for another year or two for Kurt Busch to retire. Matt Kenseth, if Matt wants to come back and there's an, there's an off an offer made. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ross goes and looks and sees the 48 and if Mr. H wants him, but in in my opinion right now, I think you, if Brad can give you two to three more good years of competition, Brad's the perfect guy to take that spot because he continues to help groom the younger drivers over there. And he's, he still remember Mr. H years ago, loaned him to Penske right. and said that at some point, maybe he'll bring him back, mm-hmm. you know, timing might be there to do it. Um, but again, you got one year left next year with the old, uh, the current car and then the new car comes in. So that's going to play into this too. Does Brad want to be in cup when the new car comes in? If he does, then he'd be a great guy because of his knowledge of the cars themselves. He'd be a great guy to have. Um, if he doesn't, then you go get somebody young like a Gregson or whoever it might be, um, and you go with you go with them as your future. Yeah. I, I think if if he does sign with Hendrick, it would be the twenty five, not the forty eight. I don't think they put him in the forty eight. I, I think they would re- resurrect maybe. the twenty five for him because he was in the twenty five anyways when he was right. Hendrick before. So. No, he was, supposed to be in the five. he was supposed to be in the five. But yeah. I think when he made his first start, it was the 25 because I think it was GoDaddy sponsorship. Maybe. Um, yeah, back maybe. then when he was Yeah, he was supposed for... to be in the five and then Mark Martin showed up. Yeah, exactly. The so first got... deal that uh, Mark ever did by text got... to, to drive a car. <laughs> messed up yeah. with that. Uh, so anyway, our, our thanks to Nick DeGroote for joining us today. Uh, always a pleasure to, uh, to talk to Nick. And next week we're going to have uh, Todd Gilliland from the uh, Gander Outdoor Truck Series joining us. Uh, so that's always a, a pleasure to talk to him as well. So you guys be safe. Uh, Have a great week. Join us Thursday night for Motorsports Madness, and we will see you back here next Tuesday for the Inside Pass on WSIC. For Tom Baker, I'm Renema. Have a great week. Bye, everyone.